Hey, chiropractors, we're ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Hey, docs, welcome to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. And today's going to be a unique episode. It's an interview. This is for the MPI Mastery Spotlight of the month. This is the Motion Palpation Institute. And this is with Dr. Mark Hawkins. This is a, for me, it was a kind of a special interview because him and I are good friends. We graduated together. We went through school together. We went through the hard times of starting practices early on and bouncing ideas, just good friend. And it was nice to kind of catch up about 15 years later after we graduated and, and see where he's at. Um, as you know, obviously this is a marketing and business show, but I always try to make you realize that the clinical is so important. This is not business and marketing to cover up garbage clinical. Okay. We really need you all to be very sound clinically. And that's why I collaborate and love working with MPI. They, they really trained me early on and throughout the stages of my career, even as a practicing chiropractor, I went to their sports symposium last year. They just been vital in my clinical background. And so I wanted to work with them on this idea of spotlighting someone out in the community that's just doing the right things and built a really good practice around that and and is just a, a solid doctor, a solid person. And the first person that uh, Dr. Mark King recommended right out of the gates was Dr. Mark Hawkins. And I'm uh, really excited about this interview. It's fun. He's He's got just a, one of those types of fun personalities that you could drink beer with all day. And I have in the past, but so this is going to be, uh, you know, the MPI mastery spotlight where we dive into try to kind of get the essence of what some of these chiropractors out there are doing that have built successful practices. Some of you are already there and it's good to hear how other people are doing it. Some of you are in students and you can't even fathom being able to do it yet. And some of you are in the early phases of this. And so it's great to start spotlighting some of the docs out there that are doing it very well clinically, doing it well with communication, maybe. Maybe it's sprinkling on good marketing, but really with the foundation of really solid clinical. And that is the essence of Dr. Mark Hawkins. So here is my interview with this month's MPI Mastery Spotlight of Dr. Mark Hawkins. All right, Mark Hawkins, I appreciate your time today, the interview with the MPI Mastery Spotlight. Introduce yourself and, and where you're practicing and a little bit about yourself personally. Perfect. Thanks for having me, Kev. So my name is Mark Hawkins. I practice down in a small town called Spring Hill, Tennessee. So we're about 30 miles south of Nashville. It's called In Motion Spine and Joint Center. I've been down here since 2006 is when we started the practice and been in the same town. I've changed locations once since then, but, uh, but yeah, kind of small town USA for sure here. Definitely. I know you and I graduated together, so I don't have to ask. That was in uh, <laughs> December of 2005 at Logan. And obviously, you and I started out friends from the beginning, try one. But, um, and I, I actually found out about MPI because of you. When did you start? When did you first get introduced to, to the Motion Palpation Institute? Yeah, it was probably it was either a second or third trimester. I don't recall which one it was exactly. 
but I'm sure that was one of the many times that I've thought you something bad or inappropriate. So you probably shouldn't be hanging on to my coattails any longer. So. Yeah, that was the one thing that that uh, was not getting me in trouble. So I appreciate that. Yeah, no, no worries. At least I have one good quality that I, you know. Uh, you, got a, you got a couple. You got a couple. And um, so then, you know, we graduated. I know you were one of the ones that took that early risk uh, right out of school and opened up a practice. I know I and a bunch of others kind of started in associateships and you, you got into practice and obviously things have, have grown from there. I know your, your beautiful bride, Stacy was instrument, instrumental in that. So tell us a little bit about your, your family that you've got going now and how all that uh, came about. Yeah, man. So, you know, since we've been here, things have been good. Yeah, we definitely took the leap of faith and decided to, you know, to start a practice right out of the gate. And you know, there's pros and cons to anything. You know, you, you rewind the, the tape here and you go back 14 years, which is crazy to say. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, man, it's been it's been a good move. You know, there was a lot of prayers and a lot of, uh, you know, kind of sleepless nights to get started. But, you know, my wife, Stacy, she's been solid through this whole thing. She was super supportive in the beginning, even though it was probably harebrained idea to do what we did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, now, you know, 14 years later, uh, I've got – Two little boys. One's is Charlie. He's about to turn ten, and then my little one, Jake. We call him Deuce. He's uh, he just turned seven last week. So, you know, they're they're keeping my uh, my free time to a minimum, which is uh, which is okay. <laughs> my golf game has gone to teetotal hell because I never get to do it. Um, but you know, I've played way more baseball and basketball than I have, and you know, my swollen knees are are here to prove it. So. That's awesome, man. I, I got to come out and visit it. You know, you know, they're getting so they're getting old now. They're getting big and playing sports. I see the videos and everything like that. Are you have you taken them hunting yet? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I've taken both of them hunting. Charlie killed his first deer this past uh, this past December, so that was uh, you know a proud peacocking moment for his old man there. So uh, he's officially part of the the Hawkins men crew now that you've uh, you know slayed your first deer. Nice. And then do you have any uh, uh, black labs that are helping out with that nowadays? Not anymore, man. We had, we had a rough go with the dogs. And so now we're, we're dogless and the boys are super pissed at me mm. because of that. But uh, the saving grace is my neighbor, uh, Mr. Will and Miss Marie. They've got this old beagle that roams everybody's property, which is great, but it gives them their dog fix. Uh-huh. Uh, which is which is good. So they can just walk up the lane to hang out with uh, old Lou, and I don't have to worry about feeding the dog when we're on vacation. So it's great. Yeah, that's that's a true statement. All right, cool. So I know you obviously started a practice. I knew you were in a, a little kind of strip center there, a little mall type of thing, like a typical nice little. At the time, it was like brand new. I think right, like when they built out that plaza. Yep, yeah, brand new. We were like the only second business in the strip, and so it was the total. I don't even remember what they call it now, vanilla box or vanilla something. So yeah. Let's take a break from today's episode and announce our first sponsor. This is going to be Propel Marketing and Design. I've known Darcy Sullivan for years. We've worked hand in hand on my websites. I don't trust anybody else to do this search engine optimization. She does a great job. There's there's so much to it. A lot of a lot of the lingo and the words are behind my uh, comprehension, but it's just amazing work that she does. And if you're really going to get results with Google, you have to make sure your website is SEO optimized. And I really don't want you doing it yourself. 
myself as a chiropractor. So you, you just have to have this type of stuff done. And if you're looking to get more organic online traffic that pulls in new patients, Propel Marketing and Design is currently offering chiropractors who listen to this podcast a free SEO website review. The free review will help you uncover methods that will improve your website and boost your search engine visibility. Head over to propelyourcompany.com slash chiropractor and schedule your free SEO website review. You won't regret it. She gets great results. Your website needs this. Your search results need this. Head on over there to propelyourcompany.com slash chiropractor to get your free SEO website review. And then you did the great uh, transition from being able to rent to being able to buy. And and uh, tell us a little bit about your your current practice. Let's start with, uh, I know you, you got some land, you got kind of an old house. I want to hear like that part of it, and then we'll go into some of the clinical aspects. Sure. Yeah, so we had been in the other location for almost 10 years, and I was in a fortunate position to where I was kind of looking for something. And this property that uh, we ended up purchasing was was an old house, and it actually had this uh, older couple that had been here for for years, and it was kind of a cool deal because the gentleman would sit on the front porch and wave to everybody. Did it for years, <laughs> and it was like a staple of like a small town kind of you know thing. Yeah, and you know you know time went by, and unfortunately the the older couple they passed away, and I bought the house from the from the family, and the house dates back to like. Early 1900s, the best we can tell, we found an old letter behind the baseboard, and it was dated 1906, talking about some furniture they were trying to get for the house. And uh, it's kind of crazy. So we took this house with mustard yellow carpet and purple shag and paneling on the wall, and we we stripped her down to her skivvies, and uh, we ended up going through and you know we redid the place and turned it into what I think is a really unique, cool place to work. Like it just has this homey, relaxed feel. It doesn't feel like super clinical, which in today's environment maybe isn't good, but it's not like that sterile, like everything is like, you know, vinyl this and stuff. It feels kind of like a cool old house, which I don't know, man, I love the vibe. Yeah, it sounds great. You know, obviously I've seen pictures and everything like that. I was at your your first practice a couple of times, but I haven't been able to get to this one. But just from the pictures, you can tell it's got that good feel. And I do agree with you. I think, especially with with chiropractic, our type of chiropractic, I think it's good to have a practice that's not so sterile and not that medical kind of feel that you get when you go into your dermatologist or, or whatever. No, absolutely. Yeah, I feel the same way. And it was important. This is the way that I've always kind of done things right, wrong. I like individual treatment. Shut the door with a patient and be able to work with them with a little bit of privacy, not only just for the patient, but like for myself, because I feel like that's one of the things that I, I'm kind of true to myself and I'm, I'm always the same person, but I'm going to be honest, like I have different conversations with you than I do with my mom. You know what I mean? And I'm going to drop way more four letter words with you than I will with her. And I feel like me as a person, I'm, I'm more apt to have that person feel comfortable if they can just talk to me like a normal individual versus, oh, we're in this wide open space with four other treatment tables here. And at that point in time, I feel like I'm probably just like some mission versus being a doctor. Yeah, I think that's one of your redeeming qualities is that you can kind of relate to, to most people. And if they're just a real, you know, not a good person at all, 
you'll just make it a quick conversation and move on. <laughs> you better believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. So, uh, I have a, co- a colleague friend of mine that's from actually he's from Chen- Chattanooga, Tennessee. And another buddy, the three of us kind of chat online a lot and he's from New York. And we always talk about the Southern way of doing things versus the New York way. And, you know, like the Southern way is really kind of like, you know, it's that whole like, oh, bless his heart type of thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hate that line. <laughs> <laughs> a much more civil way of uh, saying you're a, you know, you know what. <laughs> yeah, go fly a kite. Yeah. <laughs> Which has been a transition because I'm kind of a Midwest guy by heart. You know, I grew up yeah. outside of St. Louis, as yeah. you know. But, you know, like it's, I've been here for however many years. And so, you know, the Southern culture, I'm sure it's weighed on me some. But that's one of those that I can't I can't get on board with that line. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. So awesome, man. So, you know, you got a really cool practice. It's definitely got that welcoming feel to it, which, which is awesome. And then the fact that you were able to make that investment in your future also, right? Like, did, did you feel like that was a big milestone in your career to be able to save up some money and then be able to buy? So now you're paying yourself rent instead of someone else. No, oh, most definitely, man. You know, I fire my, uh, my finance guy, my, uh, whatever you call him, financial advisor. Mm-hmm. He got the boot over it because I, I told him a couple of years prior, it's like, man, I want to be liquid enough to where if a property came available, I can move on it, right? And yeah. he was all about wanting me to tie money up in some whole life crap and this yeah. and that. And so I went against it and I did it on my own. And so when this came available, I'd, I'd made two moves. I bought the property and fired him all in the same day. So uh, it was it was good. But, you know, going forward, I think as as our profession, you know, changes and evolves and just the the landscape of doing business changes. I feel like that ability to own a practice and I'm going to retire one day and I'm going to sell my personal practice for a bunch of money. I just don't know if that's going to be there. You know, whereas this, this piece of property, this hunk of dirt, you know, this one acre on main street USA, there's going to be value, you know, and there's going to be value today. There's going to be a hell of a lot more value. Hopefully 20 years, unless the stock market keeps doing what she's doing. Yeah. But, you know, that, that's my exit strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's now I can do my practice. I'm using my practice to pay for this piece of property and this investment. And then, you know, at some point in time, I'm either going to hang on to it and rent it or I'm going to, you know, sell the whole deal. So I don't know if it's right, but that's my logic. And uh, that's kind of the direction. Uh, I think it's valid logic. You know, I've, I made that same uh, decision. Mine was a little bit different. It's, it's, it's harder to get an acre of land down here in South Florida, but I was able to buy my office uh, suite. So I own it. It's in a medical building. Uh, but yeah, I've come to the realization that maybe in 20 years, 25 years, it may be worth, I don't know what the future is going to hold, but it could be one of those things where selling the real estate part of it makes it worth just even closing the practice, right? Absolutely. You know, it could, you can make enough money to do that where you don't have to worry about sell, selling the practice because the value is not what you think it is. Uh, and then someone may not be able to, like a chiropractor may not be able to afford to buy my practice and the real estate at the same time or may not be able to buy my practice and pay me the rent that I know it's worth in 25 years because it could be pretty high, right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, But you got to good. It's, yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's good just to have options. And, you know, I don't know, man, you know, that old saying of, you know, owning it versus renting it, I think, you know, to own the piece of property, I mean, it's just, it's just one more little piece in the puzzle that, you know, you can kind of plug in and say, well, I'm not putting all my eggs in the, I'm going to sell my practice for X amount of dollars, right? You got, you got options. 
Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, all right. So give us a little bit of uh, the treatment side of things. What kind of stuff do you do in, in practice uh, assessments, treatments, things like that? Yep. Yep. So I am, uh, I'm a, a product of the, the marketing kind of, I take everybody else's good ideas and thoughts and steal them and bastardize them and put my own spin on them. Like that's, that's me. Um, I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. You know, I do a little bit of all kinds of stuff and I feel like that's super important because our patients are going to have different problems, different conditions. And, you know, if I got a screwdriver, you know, then I'm only going to be able to screw things. That's probably a terrible analogy, but, uh, <laughs> Mark, Mark King will enjoy that, that analogy. Yeah, well, he'll be like, I know exactly what he means. Uh, but you know, I, I do, I, I do dry needling. I do soft tissue release. I do rehab. I've been trained in DNS reflex locomotion. I've done instrument assisted soft tissue. I've taken all these different things that MPI basically opened the door to all the information, right? And then it, I was able to kind of pick and choose what uh, path I wanted to pursue more. And I think because of that, it helps me clinically because I have this background of a lot of different treatment techniques or just different aspects of uh, manual therapy, physical therapy, chiropractic. You can pick and choose the right technique for the patient that I have in front of me in, in that moment. So, yeah. And you know, the other thing too is you know how to bring the thunder. And that's one thing I've always admired and been jealous of your skill set with adjusting. Even when we were students, you really are uh, one of the, the better palpators and adjusters that I've worked with. And I know you and I had some fun going to the NFL Combine for a few years there Absolutely. together. And so, um, Talk a little bit about that. Talk about your assessment and uh, adjustment aspect for your for your patients. Still a big part of your practice, I'm assuming? Absolutely. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. I, you know, like when it comes to adjusting, it's one of those things, like I feel like it is the, it's the keystone of the practice, right? Like of the majority of the patients, do I see how many of them get adjusted? Almost all of them. You know, there's a few cases every once in a while where there's not some kind of manipulative technique that I'm putting in there. But it's usually like if I go through my patients that I had this morning, it's like I'm doing a lot of soft tissue release plus some manipulation. I'm working on some VMO activation plus I'm adjusting their pelvis. Like So that, that adjusting piece, I feel like, one, to be able to do it well, like that's what separates you from like all the other people, right? Because there's tons of people that can make noise. There's tons of people that adjust people. But I also feel like they're not necessarily treating people. Right. So to be able to go in palpate, know where you need to do this adjustment, like that's that's huge, man. And I think as our profession, like we we need to keep adding these other modalities. We need to bring all this soft tissue, this rehab. We need to bring all that with it. Yeah. And you better be a damn good adjuster to start. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that's the the key. Like right now you got some situations where if all you know how to do is adjust, then you may have a harder time dealing with certain conditions and you may have a hard time separating yourself from the crowd in your, in your community. Where then if you're only doing, say only doing DNS or only doing soft tissue and you don't know how to adjust well, find the, you know, the areas that really need that, then you're kind of morphing into a whole other level of competition with all the, you know, physical therapists and even sometimes looking like personal trainers and stuff. But if you can do both really well and then, you know, some of the other stuff, you know, integrate maybe the laser and, and the, uh, you know, the, what you do this dry needling. I can't do that in Florida. So I don't even, 
know how to say it, <laughs> but um, the dry needle, like if you do those and you mix in with really good adjustment, then you're, you're almost offering this unique selling proposition in your community that people are going to love. Oh, absolutely. Man. And I think you're right. Like as you know, I don't know how MPI is, you know, today with like their students and stuff. I haven't been to like a seminar in there with students in the past couple of years. But, you know, that being said, it's like back in the day, it was like it was a just first and all this other stuff second. And I hope that 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 trend continues because it, it seems like, oh, I'm, I'm versed in McKinsey and I'm versed in Dry Neal and Burst. Oh, that's great. Don't forget, bro. Like you need to be able to move that thing that you need to move. Mm-hmm. And that's and, yeah. They still are. I was actually at the sports symposium last year and I was impressed with the the doctors there and the students there, it's still uh, definitely based around the, the joint palpation and, and uh, manipulation. So uh, still going strong with that. Perfect. Let me take a break from the podcast for a minute. And I want to discuss my clinic, Health Fit Chiropractic and Sports Recovery, Boca Raton, Miami, Florida. We got two offices and we just redid our site. We hired John Morrison and his team at Get Clear Sites to give us a great look, a clear message, compelling content. And, you know, I just love working with John and and I know many of you do as well. John specializes in working with chiropractors and he's got great pricing packages for all budgets. John promised me that if you mention the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show or MCM, he will give you a great deal on your new site. So take a look at getclearsites.com and schedule a demonstration of their amazing platform. You won't regret it. It's user-friendly, looks amazing, and just is going to be a game changer for your practice. So let me ask you a question. What was the first MPI seminar? Because I know you and I went to a lot together, but what was the first one that you went to that was really that aha moment for you? Yeah, man, that that's probably, you know, I go back through and you, you glean so much information from all of them. And then you say, well, what was the one? And it's like, man, if I had to pick it, we went to a disc one up in Chicago. And there was all these different guys there and Dr. King was speaking and, you know, we went over MRIs, we went over rehab, we went over all this stuff. And I think it was the one that was like, okay, I see how, you know, I still have my keystone for manipulation. I still see where that that starts the treatment. Then I could see the whole progression, like, boom, then I do this and then I add the rehab and then we do the core strengthening and then I get them like advanced core stuff. And then like that was just a thing where I could see like the dominoes falling. Like this is how I take all this information that these knuckleheads are giving to me. <laughs> now I start sticking it together. And I would say that was the one where I really, you know, kind of felt that whole like, okay, this is why this, this is why I went to school. This is why I'm here. This is, you know, this makes sense to me. I'm very much, it's got to make sense to me. And if in my brain, it, I can't like say, well, I did A to get B result, and, you know, now I'm going to see this down the road. Like if I can't connect those dots, like that's just not, not how my brain works. It doesn't make me happy. Awesome. Yeah, that was a great one. I, I definitely attended that and, and learned a ton. All right. So next question I got for you, what was your favorite memory of being at an MPI seminar? Uh, I don't know about at the seminar, best memory I have just with MPI knuckleheads <laughs> was when you and I were with uh, Dr. King when uh, Mark smashed the teetotal crap out of uh, a window in this apartment. <laughs> and you and I did everything we could to not piss our pants. That would definitely be my all-time favorite moment. And even that same day, like you were over there and you remember we were all ordering drinks at, uh, at the turn. Yeah. And, you know, we we're, we're all looking because Dr. <laughs> Seaman was there. And... Yeah. 
we ordered like we're all like oh crap man you know we better better get water and all this stuff which i, I don't think uh -huh. i've had a glass of water since then but uh anywho and we all looked at him because he was david seaman was the last one to uh place his order right yeah and he yeah. looked at us and he ordered a coke and we all out. <laughs> he, he gave us that wide-eyed look it was super hilarious uh, it's so funny because we were we were pretty uh, young clinically. We were definitely doctors at that point, and that was down in Daytona Beach, Florida. Yeah, and we were teaching the. It was the MPI golf. Yeah, we we did the MPI golf where we instructed on that, and and it was you, me, and then and then Mark and David Seaman playing golf, and yeah. in that same round that happened. When when the thing I remember about Mark hitting the <laughs> <laughs> hitting the window was. <laughs> He held the finish so perfectly. <laughs> oh, man. And, and so I was just in Las Vegas at Parker Vegas, and the three of us spoke, me, Mark King, and, and David Seaman, and we, we had dinner together with Brett Winchester, and both of those stories actually got told because when we were having dinner, the person who ate the most bread at that dinner was David Seaman. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and Brett was like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> like, who are you? <laughs> so I told that story of him having the Coke at the, at the turn of the, when we were playing golf. Oh uh, so, yeah. yeah. That yeah. was great. And just the way he looked at us, like he kept like looking around, knowing that everybody was like pins and needles, like who was this guy going to order? Yeah. Not, not to blow up his spot too much. He, he doesn't do it often, but he says he's human. So he's going to do it every so often. No, dude, it was totally hilarious. <laughs> Awesome. So um, let's wrap this up. This is great, man. I really appreciate your time. But what piece of advice do you have for a chiropractor who's just kind of starting out, you know, whether it's working for a practice or starting their own? What, what would you just give them a, a little piece of information? Yeah, I think, you know, like we touched on earlier, it's the skill set for me. You know, I always felt like I don't have this like great business mind. I'm not super tech savvy. That's just not me. I just felt like my energy has always gone towards trying to be good clinically, you know? And I feel like if these guys and gals that come out of school, like clinically they're sharp, they trust their instincts, they're good with their hands. I mean, you're going to be good. Like, does that mean you need to own your own practice? I don't know. That's not for everybody. I mean, there's hundreds upon thousands of amazing chiropractors that don't own their own business. You know, some people just don't want the headache of, man, I hope, you know, my staff is going to show up. And what am I going to do if she's sick or whatever? Like some people don't want that and there's nothing wrong with that. But it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you still don't need to strive to be like super sharp clinically because as a profession, I mean, that's what, that's what we want. We want all these sharp minded people out there providing a great service to show everybody that, hey, dude, we're not just a part of the healthcare like community, but like we should be like a staple. We should be like the gold standard when people have musculoskeletal pain, they should be like, I mean, I don't need to sit here and wait two weeks to get in with my orthopedist to tell me I need a refill on my Mobic. It's like, you need to get your butt in here, you know? And if you're not good clinically, like, what's the, what's the point? You know, what are you doing? You're just a technician at that point. I mean, you're just rolling people through. You're not treating anybody, you know? Yeah. So I would say that would be my only advice, you know, just be, be true to yourself and like, listen to people too. Cause sometimes, man, I don't treat people. I might just listen to them a little bit. And then I, yeah, I say I don't treat them like I do treat them, but sometimes people do, they need to talk. And sometimes through their talking, you pick up stuff and you say, Ooh, you know what, maybe instead of, you know, doing a ton of soft tissue work on this person and they're having some kind of fibromyalgia issue, maybe I'm just going to back off a little bit and do a little bit more rehab stuff. Like, 
you know, and all that comes through just being a good doctor. And you know, because you're a great doctor, sometimes you just have to trust your gut and, you know, expand upon your skill set that you have and man, they'll do great. Yeah, that's the foundation being good clinically. And, and, you know, there's a few other aspects you mentioned, a couple of them, but I think the other thing that you're, you have in spades is communication. And I think that's a big thing that the young docs need to work on, whether they have it inherently. You kind of had it inherently, but I'm sure you've improved. But the communication is huge as well. And, and I think you don't give yourself enough credit, but you're pretty good at business as far as not doing anything too dumb, right? Yeah, I don't know about that, but <laughs> communication is huge. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I told you earlier, I'm, I'm true to myself. Like I'm the same mm-hmm. dude, whether, you know, I'm in treatment room one or treatment room two, yeah. but I'm going to have a completely different conversation with that welder guy in, in, in treatment room one versus granny in treatment room two, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't mean you're putting on some kind of fake front. It just means you just have to know your audience, man. Mm-hmm. Know your audience. And, and I that's think it's huge. And I think it helps clinically, right? Like, would you say oh, like, it's huge. communicating appropriately or effectively with, with someone and, and kind of meeting them where they're at, like you said, will help with your outcomes also? Uh, I think that's, that's a huge thing, man. Like mm-hmm. other people that have worked here or like, people shadow me, like that's something I bring up all the time. It's like, dude, just meet, meet patients where they're at. You know, they're always bringing stuff to the table that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just try to be a good listener. Like when I shut that door, like I'm not worried about, you know, what I'm going to order for lunch or whatever. It's like, man, I've got, you know, in my office, I've got like 10 to 15 minutes where I like my focus is right there, you know, six feet in front of me and whatever my hands are doing, like that's my focus. And, you know, and they pick up on that, you know, if they're just being run through the mill and, you know, whenever you treat people like that, you look up and next thing you know, your schedule is full and you got a waiting list and it doesn't take a practice management company to uh, figure that out. No, I agree with you. I think uh, that's a big thing that uh, people forget. And you you kind of touched on it, but being present is what you were essentially saying. And I think a lot, of times, a lot of times we got our minds somewhere else, even though we're talking to that patient and then they just went on for a minute and you forget exactly what they said to you because <laughs> you weren't paying attention. Yeah, you don't have a clue. Yeah. yeah. So cool, man. Well, listen, always good catching up with you. I really appreciate your time. Likewise, um, man. I appreciate the story about Mark King. We all love those. Oh, man, I just wish I had it on film. Oh, you know, if that was in today's day and age, there would be a chance that would be on a film, right? Yeah, dude, you're dating us now. Come on. <laughs> so, hey, have a good have a good week and everything. Tell Stacy I said hello, and uh, we'll talk again soon. That's cool, man. Thanks, buddy. I really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in today. Please be sure to check our redesigned website at www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com. Stay up to date with our blog where content is regularly added by Kevin and guest contributors. You can also access our library of podcast episodes there. Go to www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com and subscribe to the podcast today. This is the podcastfactory.com.